Last night when you said they're here. Can I take my goldfish to school? You know, maybe the fault line runs just directly under our house. Only wouldn't that be a scream? The show yeah, got crimes all over my bed. Sweetie, remember last yeah. night? Do you remember when you woke up and you said they were here? Uh-huh. Well, who did you mean? Who's here? The TV people. She's stoned. Oh, yeah, what do you know about it? More than you. Ask Dad. Ask Dad. Ask Dad. Ask Dad. Ask Dad. I'm out of here. Bye, honey. I'm out of here. Uh, uh, you, I can handle. That's school. Yeah, well, breakfast first. All right. I'll Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be discussing Poltergeist, which was released in the US on 4th of June 1982, um, and the UK on the 16th of September 1982, and Ireland on the 24th of September 1982. It was written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grace, and Mark Victor, and was directed by Toby Hooper. It stars Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, um, Beatrice Strait, Dominique Dunn, Oliver Robbins, uh, Heather O'Rourke, and Zelda Rubens. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss them. We also each have one positive. And uh, now I will read the synopsis. A loving family living in the suburbs quickly learns ghosts learn ghosts exist when their youngest child is taken into another dimension. They enlist the help of ghost investigators to get the girl back. I wrote that one myself. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Go me. What's what's your history with poltergeist, Jen? Um, when I was in the first grade, I went to a friend's house and she and her brother made me watch Poltergeist and I was like, we're not allowed to watch scary movies. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's PG. And I didn't believe them because a scary movie wouldn't be PG and, uh, which it is. Yeah. And, um, I know I had some nightmares after that, but while watching it, I was like, I'm honestly not sure if it was this one or one of the sequels. I don't know. Um, and I don't necessarily think I had nightmares because the movie was scary. I think I had nightmares because I felt like I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just a kid who didn't think I should be watching a scary movie. And um, I didn't like that they made me do it. And so I think I was just <laughs> very dramatic about it. And yeah. so uh, I've never seen it the whole way through until now. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. This is one of my favorite movies. This is one of my favorite horror movies of all oh, time. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, and why? We'll get into it. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, I love this movie. Uh, and I first saw it, I recorded it off TV. I think I recorded it off TV or I just watched it late one night on a Friday night, maybe. But again, it's just one of these ones that I watched. But now I own it in Blu-ray. Okay, I'm, I'm getting worried now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, 
let's just get the problems in three minutes in. What's your first problem? My first problem is who owns a clown like that? That yeah. toy clown, like who buys that for a child, first of all? Yeah. And just who would who would who would think it was a good idea to buy that at all? It's terrifying and awful and I don't like it. Um are you familiar with Spirit Halloween? Well, only because it's a Spirit Halloween movie that just got released recently. Okay. And I was reading about it today. Yeah, Spirit Halloween, it's a Halloween store that pops up every um September and October. Mm. It always takes over um like a closed down store. Mm-hmm. Like ours is always in um the the abandoned Sears uh, right. store and um, last night I was there helping Xander pick out his costume which is ghost face by the way so teenage All me right. is, okay. teenage me is thinking I'm doing a good job parenting <laughs> but they have like all these um, animatronic things that you like put I guess like on your porch or in your yard yeah. or whatever and um, there's like this little kind of just this little hallway they put up where there's different animatronic things in it. Like you walk through almost like a fun house, but it's not very long. Nice. And I started to walk in and I saw a clown that looked very close to this clown mm-hmm. and it was laughing at me. And I was like, nope. And I couldn't go through it. My child could go through it. I couldn't go through it. <laughs> Clowns are scary. Clowns are scary. And I don't understand why they would have that. Well, as we see, these parents are quite sort of, I don't know, they, they, they let their kids have an alien poster. There's an alien poster on the wall in the kids' room. And those kids shouldn't be watching Alien at that age. Yeah. Uh, Carol Ann certainly shouldn't have been watching <laughs> That's Alien at that age. So why is there a poster for Alien up the wall? It's, I mean, it's not even like the Star Wars stuff, I get. And mm-hmm. one of my notes, actually, later on, I just wrote Star Wars in, like, <laughs> capital letters. That's all I wrote. Uh, Star Wars, I get, because of the whole, like, Steven Spielberg um, connection to George Lucas. and uh, But, like, the movie wasn't made by Fox. So the alien thing sort of baffles me. It must just be, like, a, you know, a shout-out to uh, Ridley Scott, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the only reason I know about Spirit Halloween is because of this new movie. And I read up that uh, um, the it was shot in an old Toys R Us. <laughs> um, okay. So that's yeah. So that must have been the whole you know that takes over an empty store thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, they made a spirit Halloween for the movie in our old Toys R Us, which makes sense because Toys R Us is usually quite big. Mm-hmm. So yeah, clown. What the fuck? That is that is a creepy. I, I can't speak tonight. That is a creepy clown. If someone had bought something like that for Xander when he was little, I I would have gotten rid of it. I would have. Uh-huh. The closest I would have come to giving it to him would be if I kept it in a box stored away and in case it was someone that I knew would throw a fit if they didn't see it in his room. And then I would put it in his room when they visited. But that's like the closest I would get to ever having anything like that in my house. That thing is going to a glass fucking case like Annabelle. That thing's getting <laughs> locked up. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. just getting locked away um, in a basement somewhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 creepy as fuck. And also, it's like, yeah, why give that to the child that who's obviously scared of everything? It's like, when I was a kid, I was scared of absolutely everything. I was scared of my own shadow. Yeah, that is how bad I was. I was scared of everything. That's why I never watched horror movies because I was just scared of everything when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then 
once I, you know, I hit puberty and once I become a teenager, I was like, oh, I'm scared of nothing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that clown is really creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if anyone gave me that clown, not only would I bin the clown, um, I would also unfriend the people who gave me the, kid, the clown. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? We're no longer friends. I'm sorry. Uh, bye. So my first problem is, and this has bothered me since the very first time I saw the movie. Uh, so you have a pet bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and said bird is dead, lying dead in its cage. Uh-huh. Uh, so you want to get rid of the bird yes. before your child sees it. Do you A, bury it? Do you B, bin it? Or do you C, flush it down the toilet, but wait until the flush is nearly over before you put it in and do it while the fucking bathroom door is open and said child can just walk past and see it? I didn't understand why she was waiting so long after flushing the toilet. That, I don't know. That made no sense to me. I don't know. And it probably wouldn't flush anyway. Yeah. It probably would have just like ripped the poor thing apart. Yeah. Flush, and then it would have been dead parts in the toilet. That's horrible, but that's probably what would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as someone who had to deal with dead pets um, and a child's reaction to dead pets, uh, the funeral for Tweety was actually spot on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I've been there, I've done that So uh, with my sister when she was a kid. And all the pets that she had is you wanted to be buried out the back um, and be there and hold a wee funeral for them. Yeah, that's always bothered me, that. So what is your second problem? Um, so they, they're putting in this pool and there's all these workers there and the workers start harassing their teenage daughter and like no one says anything. No. Not only does no one say anything, but when the and the teenage daughter can handle herself, which is fucking yeah. awesome and flips them off. Um, mm-hmm. And the parents are just like. Oh, that daughter of ours. We're so amused. I forget which parent it was. Like, I think it was the mom. It's the mom. Yeah, that instead of being like, hey, these grown men are harassing my daughter, maybe I uh, tell them to stop or I fire them, or just fire them. Um, I'm just going to be amused at my daughter's reaction. Yeah, I think it would have been different if the dad was there, (laughs) to be fair. I don't know. These parents seem pretty pretty lax. I think he would be. I mean, one of the workers just stands there and says, I love you. I love you. And mm-hmm. he is, oh God, what's the actor's name? I can't remember the actor's name. But he was in um, Predator. Um, but he was also a former porn star. Okay. That actor. <laughs> All right. Um, he actually did do hardcore pornography back in the 70s before it became legit. Uh, Sonny Landham, Predator, he plays Billy in Predator. You're, I know you've not seen Predator. Mm. I did write that down, actually, as part of my notes. It's like, just, like, catcalling a 16-year-old in front of her mum, mm-hmm. and the mum just, like, laughing it off. It's like, just fuck off, you're fired. And then one of the workers also steals food. Yeah. From, from the, there's an open window, and he helps himself to something that's in a pot, and he takes a spoon out the pot and puts it in his mouth and then puts the spoon back in the pot. Mm-hmm. So I would be binning that entire contents of that pot and burning the spoon because <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. Uh, so my second problem, Jen, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say one word and then we'll move on to your third problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's maggots. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hate, I always hated that bit with the maggots. 
It's like with the food like erupting and then he's got mm. chicken leg in his mouth and then there's maggots on it. Right. So what's your third problem? <laughs> My third problem, you're not gonna like this. Um so we were supposed to record yesterday. Right. And um I did like I often do and I, I waited to watch the movie till right before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um it helps me remember things better and everything's mm-hmm. fresher in my mind. And um this movie is so boring. <laughs> I fell you asleep. So? I fell asleep. I fell asleep boring. watching this movie and it wasn't a case of like me being too tired. Mm-hmm. Like I was actually feeling pretty awake, but I was bored. And the thing is, it could be a much better movie if they cut out like 30 minutes. There's so much at the beginning that is completely yeah, yeah. unnecessary. And so by the time we get started with the action, it's like, I am already tired of this family. I'm bored. I want to stop watching. Like, I just, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was like, I could maybe get it done in time. <laughs> but it was so close that I was like, it's best if I don't. If I don't push it to where I end up having yeah. to cancel at the very last minute, um, like the literal last minute, I just and it was I told Dylan that and he was like, I told you because he told me whenever I told him the other night, oh, I'm gonna watch Poltergeist tomorrow. He was like, yeah, have fun. That's a boring movie. And I don't get that. I don't understand that. It's boring. Do you realize like I feel like. I've heard about so many movies where they cut out so much from the beginning. Like, I mean, look at look at The Wizard. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all the stuff they cut out from the beginning. Like, all the family stuff. Mm-hmm. And that family stuff was interesting. Like, I watched the deleted scenes after we recorded an episode about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really great stuff. And I wished it was in the movie. And it's like, no, because then we take way too long to get to, like, the road trip and the Nintendo of it all and everything. And um, it's the same thing here. There's just so much stuff with the family at the beginning. Like, what do I need to see the stuff with, like, him arguing with his neighbor about the remote? No. No. That stuff's not... Because no. it doesn't come up later. Well, and, like, his friend even showing up with the beer, like, being on the bike and falling down. It's like, that whole, that whole thing, from that to the remote, none of that is needed. And it's just taking up time. You're correct. But the the opening is obviously just to show where they live, right? It's just to show yeah. the suburbs and all that, right? And to show the area that's not completed and all that. We see all that. Um, but yeah, the stuff with the stuff with the, the guys watching the football game and a neighbor having the same remote, mm-hmm. um, which always, you know, baffled me when I was a kid. I never thought that was possible. Um, but uh yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that that is I wouldn't say it was boring. It's just it's just not part of integral to the story. It's just not anything really needed. Well, it's so. like you. Um, I realized I didn't finish my thought a minute ago. Like you, you hear about movies where they shot all this stuff at the beginning, but then like mm-hmm. test audiences or whatever got bored, and so they like cut it all out because you got to get to the action. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing is this movie is Poltergeist, and I spend the first thirty minutes being like, okay, this is just a movie about a boring suburban family like it's it's not needed it's not needed and if you're trying to establish the suburbs like trying to establish the environment all you need are establishing shots and then the scene where he's showing the people that house Mm -hmm. that's all the information you need there yeah but obviously they're just trying to show what kind of family they are and the living caring family i I mean i understand kind of sort of i understand what they're doing but most movies can handle that with just a couple scenes it's a well, lot. It's a lot. I don't think. See, I don't. 
understand. I don't think there's that much. I don't think there's actually that much because we do get the very beginning is the they're here stuff and all that, and it's like mm-hmm. I think that sort of sets up the mystery of what's going on first. But then, right? See if they cut off all the stuff with Dana and the the workmen and all that. Mm-hmm. All that stuff doesn't really need to be in there either. We also don't need that entire scene with the parents in their bed. No, that's just to show that they smoke dope and they're ex-hippies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't really need all that stuff. I just, all I know is I was, it felt like forever. And I was sitting there being like, when are we getting to the plot of this movie? Like, I was not having it. I was not, I was not <laughs> interested in it. And I, and I think it's one of those things where if I had seen it when I was younger, like I probably wouldn't have had such a problem with it. And then I, you know, the nostalgia thing would keep me from having a problem with it now. But now it's like, I'm watching this 40 year old movie and I'm bored and I'm, and it's supposed to be, and especially when it's supposed to be like a horror movie Uh and people put it on like best of lists and stuff, Uh the expectations are pretty high and it was well, it you know me. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that sort of thing. I don't care about that sort of thing. Like if someone says this is the scariest movie ever, not this movie, but if someone says a movie is the scariest movie ever, then I'll just be like, okay, I'll decide that myself. I'm not gonna. Well, that's. I mean, it's like that shit gets in my head though. After like what 15, uh, 20 years of people being like, I can't believe you've never seen the Goonies, and acting like I'm like betraying my generation by never seeing the Goonies, then it's like the bar is so high, right? So then I was never going to be able to like the Goonies. And it's like, there are certain movies where the bar is really, really high by the time I get around to watching it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's either, it's either like the Godfather where I'm like, Oh, they were right about that. Or it's like Mm -hmm. this where it's like, I am so fucking bored. I can't handle this. I'm surprised you weren't bored with The Godfather, to be honest, because there's like a fucking hour before it happens in that no, movie. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really like The Godfather. I I didn't love this. It, I don't think this is a bad movie. I'm not saying that. I just think that um, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it was 30 minutes shorter. Yeah. You and I have always had this sort of difference in the way we see movies. Mm-hmm. It's like I'd never let that sort of thing affect me. I never let anyone else's opinion affect. I mean, I don't think I don't think that affected me being bored, but no, I, think no, no, it, no, no, no. I think it no, made me angrier. <coughs> made me angrier about how much I was not enjoying it. Yeah, but then that's on you. To be fair, uh, just don't set any expectations in a movie. I don't because... try to. That's just how my brain mm. works. Like I can't help it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And I didn't sit down watching it thinking, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. But like while talking no. to you, I realized that my expectations were a little higher based yeah. on just how I've heard of this movie out in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- what I've seen from throughout the years when people talk about horror movies or talk about this. Like that that stuff gets – I like some people, it, it can – they can hear it and it just goes in one ear and out the other. For me, yeah. I can't help it. It just – it affects me. Mm. Well, I don't think it's a nostalgia thing. I like the family in this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the actors do a good job. Uh, and I think that I like the, the setup scenes. I do agree with you that there's bits that could be cut out. Like the, the remote control stuff and the, the worker stuff and all that could go. Uh, and the scene with the parents smoking dope. It's like, it's a bit long. 
Yeah. You don't really need that. It's just to show that they're ex-hippies. I think that the idea is that they married young. Mm-hmm. Uh, they married in high school. I think they married when they were about 16, 17. That's when they had Dana. Uh, well, I so... read something about that, though. Yeah. That, like, I guess it was in the novelization or something. It explains that um, Dana's actually not Diane's uh, kid. That uh, And that's why she's so young. Because she uh, he remarried and she's the stepmom. No. I'm just saying. That's what it's that's what it's. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. That's not. Okay. So no- All right. Novelizations aren't no. That's it's well. Novelizations, um, they usually went off the script. The original. So script, yeah. yeah. So st- so it's like before DVDs or whatever. Like that's how you got deleted scenes, right? Like mm-hmm. you read that. I remember reading the adaptation of Clueless, and it had a scene that was cut out of the movie, but you could see the scene in the trailer. Yeah. Um, or part of the scene. So um, it- apparently it was in the script at some point. Yeah. No, that's not that's not the way it is in the movie just now though. The I'm just I couldn't remember where we were. But my third my third problem is that this movie does something that you would never get away with these days. What's that? And that is when Diane is in the pool, she sees many, many corpses. Mm-hmm. Just all these skeletons, rotten corpses just falling on her. And they were all real. What? They were all real corpses. Ew. Gross. <laughs> They were actual dead bodies. Well, what do you expect from the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know what I, I mean? I know. Uh, they got them from a uh, like a medical um, place that um, supplies skeletons to like uh, research facilities and stuff like that, or hospitals for you know mm. because they didn't really have the money or the time to to build actual fake to build fake ones. They just use real ones, and I think that's gross and disgusting and kind of out of line. Yeah. Hey, go! There's something you learn something new every day, Jenny. You didn't know yes. that. <laughs> I've learned something new. That it is gross. So I'm afraid, Jen, you're gonna have to do it. You're gonna have to come up a positive for the movie. I've got one. Cool. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein. I enjoyed her very much. Mm-hmm. She's barely in it, but I. But I she just... makes an impact. I mean, I wasn't loving the movie, and then when she was around, I was like really into it. So mm-hmm. she was my favorite part of the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was Good. like, see, I have a positive. There you go. As I was watching the rest of it this morning. You have a positive in this movie that you picked. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's the rare movie that like, like I probably have less memory of this than anything yeah. else. And okay. there's also the question of whether or not this is the one I saw. Like, who? I don't know my history with this movie, except that I had mm. watched Poltergeist movie at a sleepover once. But yeah. uh, the problem is, is, um, you know, we're picking horror movies. Most of the horror movies I can think of I saw before I turned 20 were mm-hmm. just like, slasher flicks from the late 90s yeah so uh and i did i i thought about carrie but then you picked carrie and i thought about the shining but i decided i decided to go with something else with the with what was technically the first horror movie i saw yeah well i'm glad we didn't do the shining because that would have been two stephen kings in a row Mm. and and it would it would have been two episodes in a row of me bitching about changes from the book yeah yeah Yeah. well (laughs) Carrie's pretty good. Mm. The Shining, I have a lot of problems with. Yeah. As far as as far as adaptation, it's a great film. Like I, yeah, I, I always have to be careful about that. Dylan and I argued for years. It took me 
like 10 years to convince him that I mm-hmm. wasn't saying The Shining was bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, The Shining is an amazing film. It's a great film. It's a terrible adaptation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's, but some people can't see the difference. They yeah. can't, it's kind of like most people can't admit that a, a movie they like is bad mm-hmm. um, or a movie they don't like is good. Mm-hmm. I was at I was at the bar the other day, and uh, I I I spend too much money on the jukebox. Um, and I was doing some some nights I'll feel like a theme, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I was going with eighties music that night, and um, I played Saint Elmo's Fire, mm-hmm. and the bartender, big guy, big guy, like tough looking guy, he's singing along to Saint Elmo's Fire like the whole time, <laughs> and it ended up like starting a conversation about the movie and someone was and i asked him if he'd ever seen it and he said uh like once a long time ago and so we're kind of talking about it and this girl at the end of the bar was like such a great movie and i was like rachel rachel no it's not it's i i love it but it's not Mm -hmm. a good movie and she was like no 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 it's a good movie and i'm like rachel please just think for a second (laughs) like it's okay if a movie you like sucks and this yeah. movie is not great and uh, i don't think i don't think she, i don't think she liked that all right <laughs> but yeah you and i had a discussion about that when we did st elmo's fire mm-hmm. i was i was flabbergasted that you still enjoyed this movie that i think is absolutely terrible but the, but i do realize that yeah you absolutely can you can enjoy bad things it's mm-hmm. okay to enjoy bad things and it's okay it's okay to um, and it's actually healthy to admit if mm-hmm. something you enjoy, like Twilight, yeah, terribly written book. Mm-hmm. I hate Bella. I hate Edward. I hate Jacob. Mm-hmm. Nothing likable about this thing to me. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that book. I've read it like four or five <laughs> times. Um, the movie sucks. I will defend the other movies. The first Twilight movie is not good. Right. Um, I still watch it. Mm-hmm. You can <laughs> you can like things that suck, and you can admit that they suck. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, because I don't think Stephanie Meyer, I don't think anything she wrote in the Twilight books was good until the second half of the last book. Right. The second half of the last book is pretty solid. Everything up to then, it's like she must have made a deal with the devil. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the movies. I've seen the first three, I think. The second one has a kick in soundtrack, man. It was a really good soundtrack. So I'll give it that too. Um, I actually had a friend uh, message me once. I was looking for an old message recently and then came across this. She messaged me when the second Twilight soundtrack came out. And because she was she was one of those people that would say, like, I don't I don't watch TV. I read, you know, like one of those pretentious yeah. types. And she had messaged me being like, please tell me it's OK to like the Twilight soundtrack. And I was like, yeah. And it's like she was one of those people who like didn't. She was thinking this thing is bad. I don't want to have anything to do with it, but I really love this killer song or whatever. And it goes along yeah. with like, like who knows? Maybe she would have liked it if she'd watched the movies or read the books, but she was too, too afraid to, ex- to like something bad. Right. That was nothing wrong with liking something bad. Well, and if once you accept that, um, things you like are bad, Mm-hmm. Um, or not even bad, but like you accept their flaws. Mm-hmm. The sooner you stop getting upset when people do say bad things about the things you like, yeah, and that makes you relax so much. I used to be someone who got so mad 
when mm-hmm. people said bad things <laughs> about the stuff I loved, which I think most young people are like that. And um, yeah, uh, you hope you grow out of that stuff. And it took me a while. Like, I think I was maybe mid 20s, late 20s before I really grew out of that. But like now you could talk shit on Almost Famous and I'd be like, OK, but mm-hmm. like <laughs> talk shit on Almost Famous when I'm 20 and I am yeah. fighting you physically. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's all right. Because like you are. You don't like this movie, and I'm just like, hey, fair enough. I don't necessarily agree with some of your points, but mm-hmm. if you don't enjoy it, then that's perfectly fine. I don't think we could do this podcast if we weren't okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the whole point is to find problems, like, and we're both picking movies we like for the most part loved when, at least when we were younger, and yeah. we still do. Like, it would if we got upset about that, this whole yeah. operation would have fallen apart a long time ago. Because there's there's been movies that you've picked that I've hated. St. Elmo's Fire, for example. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's perfectly all right. It's okay. It's when someone tells you that you shouldn't like something because yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Or that somehow you're wrong for liking a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, again, I go into the Dead Meat channel on YouTube and in the comments section he did he did the first season of the new Chucky TV show, right? Mm-hmm. And there's loads of people on there who are just saying, This this show is awful. Why are you even reviewing this? What's you know, why are you talking about this like it's great and blah blah blah. And it's like, well he likes it. Um I also like it and mm-hmm. loads of people like it. That's why he got a second season. People enjoy the show. Just because you don't enjoy the show doesn't mean you say you have any right to tell anyone else that they're, you know, in the wrong for liking something you don't like. That's kind of like, and this is this is a little dated now because it's been off the air for about a decade, but I feel like for the longest time, if something got cancelled, mm-hmm. the angry internet nerds or whoever would say, I can't believe this show got cancelled. Like, I can't believe Firefly got cancelled, but Two and a Half Men has been on the air for ten years. I don't even yeah. know anybody who watches Two and a Half Men. I've seen that example a million times of someone being like you can't tell me that no one watches this show and everyone I know watches this show and no one watches mm-hmm. two and a half men. No millions of people watch two and a half men. It's just you hang out with the kind of people that wouldn't like yeah. that. That shit drives me crazy. The The idea, like I don't know anyone who watches this, mm-hmm. so it must not be popular. And it's like, well, it sounds like you surround yourself with a lot of people who like the same stuff you do, which is natural. I've seen that argument with the Big Bang Theory. It's like a lot of people saying, you know, Big Bang Theory, why do people watch that, blah, blah, blah. Or Apparently I don't it's Chuck Lore shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's like, if there was a Big Bang Theory movie, then I think it would make money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Serenity didn't make any money and it was a box office bomb. And that's mm-hmm. the movie from Firefly. Yeah. So it's like, it's okay to say, um, I love this thing, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to say I love this thing so everybody else does yeah. or everybody else should or I don't like this thing so you shouldn't. That's bullshit. I the first t- I'm not a huge fan of anything that takes place in space. Like space movies just don't really yeah get my interest, and neither do mm-hmm. westerns. And mm-hmm. so Same when here. I I didn't watch westerns. Firefly when it was on. Um, I watched it on DVD later a couple years, like whenever it came out on DVD, like maybe yeah. a year or two after that. And um, people get so 
militant about it mm-hmm. that like I couldn't admit for years that the first time I watched it, I just thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoyed it the second time I watched it. I really, really liked it. And the same thing happened with the West Wing. And I think that happens with me with the kind of with shows that like I wouldn't necessarily just watch. Yeah. But I'm watching because it's Joss Whedon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I knew I was gonna get yelled at. Yeah. For like, because you you can't say I kind of liked it, right? Like, because that just means you hated it. I know. It's like, no, you must love this thing. You have to love this thing. And it's like yeah. Firefly. It's a better show. It's a better show than Angel and Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. But it's probably my least favorite Joss Whedon show. Right. Okay. Since you've said that, I don't think Firefly is an amazing TV show. I think Firefly is a good TV show. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it would have been able to keep up that if it went on for long. Have I told you my thing about this? What? That, um, so like people will say things like, oh God, Firefly was such an amazing show. One of the best shows of all time. Freaks and Geeks. One of the best shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Like they say these things about these shows and I'm like, they didn't get a chance to fail. Like yeah. there, there are people who will say, well, Firefly is a million times better than Buffy. Like there are no bad <laughs> episodes of Firefly and there's a ton of bad episodes of Buffy. And it's like, yeah, look at how many episodes there are. If Firefly yeah. had gone on for seven years, there would have been a lot of episodes where people are like, Ooh, I don't like that one. Or that one's not as yeah. good. They didn't have a chance to fail. My so-called life didn't have a chance to fail. Freaks yeah. didn't have a chance to fail. And so we get to hold them up as like these kind of perfect shows when it's mm-hmm. like, no that's not how it would have gone that's they they may have never been bad but they wouldn't have been perfect that's Mm -hmm. why when i make lists like you know people ask you like what your favorite show is it has to be something that was on for at least three years yeah like uh veronica mars is the shortest and it's i've been saying it was my favorite before there was a movie in a fourth season like that's Uh. the shortest show i've ever said that about um and I I would I love Freaks and Geeks and I love My So Called mm-hmm. Life. My So Called Life is still overall one of my favorite shows of all time. But I could never put it in like a top like I couldn't even put it at the top of a, of a list of favorite teen shows if someone's like seriously asking me which mm-hmm. ones I think are best because I'm sure I would have had some sort of problem with it in the second or third season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, my favorite show of all time is Quantum Leap, and I get five seasons. Uh, but then again, coming from the UK, a lot of our shows oh. only last a couple of seasons. Yeah, that's or... the thing is I wouldn't have the yeah. same role if I lived there or if I yeah, was yeah, super yeah. into like British television or something. Yeah, because I know the it's totally different. But yeah, um, but then also, I mean, in the UK, you guys watch a ton of American shows, so it's mm. not that different, right? No, I know, but like my, one of my favorite shows of all time is The Young Ones which is a, a sitcom from the early 80s, and that only got uh, 12 episodes um, because they quit. Like, when the show was popular, they quit because they said they were running out of ideas mm-hmm. and uh, and they just wanted to move on. So they, they, they only made twelve, two seasons, two, two series of series, six episodes yeah. each. And uh, and it's the same for Faulty Towers, the John Cleese um, mm-hmm. sitcom from the 70s, which is one of the... It's, that is probably on a lot of people's best British sitcoms list. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually at the top of a lot of people's best sitcoms list, and they've only had 12 episodes. The hilarious thing is, is one of the only British uh, shows I've watched is the IT crowd, which had like four seasons. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, right. So my positive, I like that this movie is about family, and I like the relationships that everybody sort of has, has with each other, because you've got mm-hmm. the mum has a different relationship with Dana than the dad does. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see Dana bickering with the, the brother, yeah. like, being brother and sister and I like that. But then the, the brother, had, Robbie, has a different relationship with Dana than he does with Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's like it's it's like a family. It's, it's written as though they are, like, a family. It's not just mundane, sort of. And because the, the remake that starred um, Sam Rockwell. There's a remake? Yeah. I don't like that because the family are very generic in it. There's no real sort of uh, like chemistry between them and they're just like generic sort of mother, uh, father, three kids. Nobody really cares, right? Mm-hmm. And I also like the relationship between Diane and Dr. Lesh. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is quite nice because they, they, they have sort of like a, I don't want to say mother-daughter relationship, mm-hmm. but have something. They do form a sort of close bond with each other mm-hmm. um, over this uh, missing girl, and I just like that relationship. And then when Dr. Lesh tells her, um, I'm coming back, I'm going to go get someone who can help, and I'm coming back, and they hold hands, and I thought that was a really sweet moment mm-hmm. uh, that they're bonding over this thing. But anyway, that's my positive. Okay. Also, nobody dies in this horror movie. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's one of the few horror movies where nobody actually dies. But there's real corpses. There's real corpses of people who died years before the movie started. But nobody actually dies in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, right, so I have notes. Okay. As I am wont to do. Right at the very beginning, before the when the dog is running about, before it goes into Dana's room, um, you can see someone run past Dana's door. The door's ajar and you can see someone run past it. They're wearing like a red and white striped top. You can see them run past the door. Okay. Um, Robbie says, the tree looks at me. It knows I live here. It's like, well, yeah, you were climbing on it earlier. <laughs> of course the tree knows you live there. Uh, the dog is called E-Buzz, which is a great name for a dog. <laughs> Caroline's sitting up on the counter and Diane sorts the chairs. And then she walks away and comes back and all the chairs are stood up mm-hmm. on top of each other, on top of the table. Um, that was done in real time. Oh, wow. Because okay. she goes over to the counter, all the men are rushing, there's men rushing to move all the chairs and then put the, the prearranged stacked chairs up on top of the table mm-hmm. before she comes back round. So I like that. There's a weird edit that's always bothered me. Uh, after the whole kitchen shenanigans, um... And when uh, the dad finally sees it, when Steve finally sees everything, he notices. He knows that there's ghosts. Uh, Diane is talking, but we see Steve, and we hear her talk, and then mm-hmm. it cuts halfway through what she's saying, and then it cuts to them outside the neighbor's house, and she's also halfway through a sentence, but then she stops saying it when the door opens. Yeah, it's just a weird sort of edit there, and I've never liked that. I feel as though the face ripping scene is kind of out of place. I mean, it's it's there for horror, obviously, mm-hmm. but nothing like that happens to anybody else in the movie. He's the only one who sees this thing. 
he's the only one who sees something like that that it messes with his mind and he thinks he's ripping his own face off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen to anybody else. And you could have just to cut that out and then just say that Marty left because of the maggots and the the stair ghosts because he's there when the stair ghosts are coming down. He could have just said he left because of that. Yeah. Don't need the face rip scene. Anyway, so you know about the Portergeist curse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all the bollocks. Um, I hate this whole idea about movies having curses on them when it's just like, no, it's just bad shit happening to people because bad shit happens to people. Yeah. But because it happens to people who are working on a movie, it's it's a curse on this movie. Did you ever hear about the uh, curse of the Golden Girls? Every Golden Girl from that show died. Yeah. It's, it is terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this show that's, what, 30 years old, 40 years old. Yeah. And people died. They all died. It. They all died. Same thing with Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. See, I understand, like, Dominique Dunn was murdered by her boyfriend. Yeah, I know. I was reading about that. It's really sad. Like, a couple of months after this movie was released, she was murdered. What was hor- that's terrible. What was horrifying was I read that she did an episode of Hill Street Blues where her character was supposed to have been abused, I think, by her boyfriend. Mm. And she showed up to set with real bruises from her boyfriend, so they didn't use makeup. So the bruises yeah. you see in her on that show are just from her getting the shit beaten out of her by her boyfriend, which is in real life, upsetting. Yeah. That is very upsetting. Um, obviously, uh, Heather O'Rourke died during the making of Guys 3. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's not a curse. Yeah. Uh, because no, nothing else has really happened. Like- That's the thing is I would think because I was I looked it up because I was like, isn't there supposed to be a curse or something? And I saw that two of the kids had died. And I'm like, I feel like you need a third thing before you can call it a curse. Mm. I don't even I don't give a shit about calling it a curse if there's three things. But if it's just two things, that's a coincidence. I mean, obviously, they're all coincidences. But like, there's something about the label, right? Like yeah. that I don't think people necessarily mean, oh, that movie was cursed. But it's just like a label just kind of to say a lot of weird shit happened here for me to believe it's a curse the things have to happen with either making the movie or shortly after the movie's been released Mm -hmm. like if one of the cast members died during the making of the movie and there was accidents or something during the making the movie then i would say yeah yeah okay you can say that I, i i don't agree with it i don't think it is a curse but then I would be like, but it, yeah, you can argue that, right? Mm-hmm. If you believe in curses, you can say that. But to say because someone died years later after the movie, that must mean it's a curse. Yeah. Um, because Will Sampson, who's in the second movie, died like a few years after making the movie, and people are saying, "Oh, it's part of the curse," and it's like, well, <laughs> people die. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not. It doesn't mean there's a fucking curse. Who put a curse on? Poltergeist, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, the omen, you could argue the omen, because that deals with Satan and, the, you know, the, the devil's child and stuff. You can say that, maybe. Mm. But even then, it's still bollocks. So, yeah, that's all my notes. Whee! Uh Next week's movie, Uh, I, I wonder how Jen's going to feel about the next movie that I have picked. Uh, and I've decided... Even though you would dis- well disagree about this movie, but I think that we don't that we shouldn't keep doing good movies for this month, so I'm picking 
something I know that is dreck, but I still kind of enjoy. Okay. I've got a soft spot for. And it's um, Dr. Giggles from 1990. Oh, you already told me that. I'd forgotten. I told you that, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. I haven't told, I'm telling the people listening. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was, just, I, was, <laughs> I was waiting for the big reveal, and then I was like, oh, I already knew that. I completely yeah, I already forgot. Told you. Completely forgot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. Uh, Larry Drake, Colin Marie Combs, uh, Glenn Quinn. Yeah. I want to discuss something bad that I watched when I was a kid. Since I since I forgot so easily, I'm going to write myself a note so that I don't forget again. Right. That's all we have time for. Um, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. At Shifty B is my personal Twitter. Uh, Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at Shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jim? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>